All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. And we are coming at you for Week 7 FanDuel and Cash Game. Excuse me, FanDuel and Cash Game. FanDuel and DraftKings Cash Games. I'm going to get there. Uh, On the main slate, we're going to be breaking down every position. We did not do our typical recap podcast yesterday, opting to roll through some NBA stuff with FanDuel and DraftKings coming out with the main main slate pricing for the first uh, for the first Tuesday opening night there but no matter we spent did spend most of the day writing cash game picks yesterday for NFL and also just updating our system trying to take a look and draw out where some of the value is going to be and do you think we're getting just as like a sort of a top down thing I saw, it does feel a lot like a lot more overlap in like in who we are and just sort of the industry is ta- targeting for cash games this year. Do you think that like we're just kind of drawing out? Maybe I'm just thinking too recently about this. Maybe we have seen some weird ownership stuff, but I just feel like the list, especially like around running back, maybe even wide receiver, just grows increasingly smaller. It feels like from week to week on a cash game basis. But maybe that's just because our system wants to call out, and I think correctly, a lot of the same guys on a given on any given week. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If the sites aren't going to adjust their pricing to account for new realities, you're going to see big ownership on a lot of guys. I think last week was the most egregious. I mean, we had several guys, you know, with 60 plus percent ownership in our lineup. And that's just going to happen. You know, like the running back pool is pretty thin. I think there's also been this tendency to overcorrect the cheaper plays, which sounds strange. Like you, you would think that that would actually flatten out ownership percentages. But I think it's had this effect where, you know, they overcorrect on some of the cheap plays and then it they leave one behind or they just don't realize that one shouldn't be cheap like Leonard Fournette or, or Le'Veon Bell last week. So uh, you wind up with only a couple options to pick between. And last week was pretty small too with buys. Uh, and I think that led to some of it. But yeah, I do suspect this week will be somewhat chalk heavy as well. Yeah, I think that's what we're looking at. Um, we do have the quarterback position is a very tight one in terms of the pricing is all very, uh, very grouped together, especially near the top. Uh, we'll get into some running backs. Obviously, wide receivers, I think we probably have the most question marks right now. And then the tight end position that is sort of reverting back to what we saw. Eh, not totally, I guess, because last year that we would, every week was just the, the roll of the dice with the chief tight end. I guess we're getting a, maybe a little more clarity around that position. But let's go position by position and just kind of look through where we see some of the value. I'm going to start with Josh Allen. He's coming off a bye and he faces Miami. I mean, kind of. Could you just kind of be anybody and be a cash game play? Like with those two things, <laughs> <laughs> like those two things in your favor. Like I have a, I have a strong case for Allen, obviously, but two weeks of rest and facing a sort of like historically bad defense is that just, is it just kind of enough for anybody? Like, could that name have just been anybody, and made just not like the overall top price quarterback, and we were going to consider him in cash game? Is that like kind of what we're looking at, especially with this Miami thing? They're so damn bad. Yeah, I, I was going through this and trying to figure out just how bad Miami was also offensively for uh, the, the defensive teams we were going to pick between. And the spoiler alert there, I couldn't go back far enough. Like I just ran out of energy to keep going back. I got back to like 1999, and they were the worst uh, offense by DVOA since then. Their defense isn't much better, frankly. And I think this is like a perfect game script for Allen, too, where uh, the, the Bills will be in control. He won't be asked to do too much. He'll be probably getting things done on the ground early in the game. And, yeah, the, the price is still low enough. And, you know, some of the other guys that we're going to be considering are quite a bit more expensive. And I actually think quarterback is a position this week where we don't need to pay up to get safety. You know, and I think you have some other relatively cheap options coming up here soon. And for that reason, 
you know, this is a, a drum we've been beating all season. It's what's led to our very solid cash game record so far this year, which is really not getting married to any specific play in any position and really looking at positions in terms of their overall depth and saying, yeah, this is a position where we can hit any price tier. Oh, wait, here's a position where we have to pay up. So, um, yeah, right now, Allen definitely on the list of playable options for me. Yeah, he's 7700 on FanDuel. That is the fifth most expensive quarterback. I think he's somewhere in that same range on DraftKings as well. He's 6500 there. Uh, that is, that's the fifth most expensive there as well. Uh, I think this one gets to be pretty easy when you factor in the rushing ability. So he, on the season, I think he's fourth overall in QB rushing yards. Um, yep, he's fourth overall, but that's with a game less than the three guys above him. So he probably, with that extra game, he'd be above Watson. He'd be something like the third um, third most active quarterback when it comes to getting yards on the ground. We love that for cash games. This is the, That's the theme you're just going to always hear from us. It's like these guys that run, they just maintain such higher floors than really the, the rest of the guys. Um, you really need to buy the rest of the guys that are pure pocket passers only, very much on the cheap. Uh, I think, to make up for some of the safety you get around these guys that scramble. So I think you'll see a lot of ownership on Allen. Look, I just, anyone that, I just, at this point, really anyone that plays Miami, I, I don't really know what else to say. They're just, they're j- just that bad. The second guy I had out there, though, Kyler Murray, we had said last week on the podcast and in our article that I thought we were probably likely buying still a little low on Murray because while he'd been effective enough with yards and running it really was the touchdowns that he was way behind in he only had four passing touchdowns going into last week and then all of a sudden started that correction process by throwing three last week against the Falcons I still think he's just priced simply too low I, I this is another good matchup against the Giants I guess if we're just looking at these guys one to one they're, they're basically the same price 6700 for Murray 65 for Allen uh, on DraftKings same kind of things yeah they're both 7700 on FanDuel Knowing that they're the same price, Giants no great defense either. Could you do you find it maybe just easier to pivot to Murray? Maybe just a little bit more of a steadier fantasy commodity so far this year. Yeah, I think I'd rather play Murray. I you know just looking at what he's been up to not only this year but you know obviously the pedigree coming up. I think you look at uh, I, this was just a great call by you going into this week where you pointed out that the touchdown regression in a positive way. Uh, was likely coming, and, and it did. And the big thing about Murray is just the carries right now. Uh, eight eight or more carries in three of his last four, double-digit carries in each of his last two games. He's connecting with these receivers. And, you know, we often talk about how we don't often see true talent increases across the sports. Like, usually um, changes in scoring from week to week are not like, oh, this guy's all of a sudden better, and he's going to be better going forward, uh, that there was some other extenuating circumstance but in Murray's case, you know, as a rookie quarterback with just zero NFL experience to now, you will see a market improvement over the course of the season. You know, like that's that's when most of player improvement happens is in your first, you know, 16 to 32 games. So I think Murray, a great option here. And I think of the two, like between Murray and Allen, I would be, I, I would bet on Murray's price increasing as the season progresses more than I would bet on Allen's. And I think for that reason, uh, I can grab him at a discount here. And like you said, a great matchup with the Giants. Uh, who have had a real tough time defensively this year. And, yeah, just seems like a good play. Yeah, it basically just comes down to that, how much you want to factor in that Miami defense here. I think neutral uh, neutral opponent, neutral field, whatever, I would go Murray each time. It's just those extra sort of little bonus points you get for playing this just straight-up JV NFL team. That's that what the Dolphins are at this point. So I think that's you're just trying to factor in what the – 
you know, what kind of increases you get on your overall performance just by facing a team like you said, this historic, a, a legit historically bad defense. Like not just that's just not us like kind of saying it. It's like this is we're we're butting up against you know the low the low lights of the of all time when it comes to this defense. The final guy, it's so funny because we're getting there's just this cluster of quarterbacks like on DraftKings. There's almost no price separation between any of these guys, and I, there's a five hundred dollar difference between Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen who are all either awesome and in good matchups or just, um, you know, decent, but in excellent matchups. Like they're all kind of, I, I really could have written up any of these five. I did write up Russell Wilson. Wilson is the top overall fantasy scoring quarterback so far this season. And he has like, depending who you compare it to 11 to 60 fewer passing attempts than any of the guys even close to him on the list, except for Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson just runs the ball so many times. Like Wilson's just, He's just maybe the best, just best quarterback in football. <laughs> like he's thrown 14 touchdowns, no interceptions this year. He has just he has 14 touchdowns, like I said, with much many fewer passes. Is that enough to maybe just vault him? He gets a Baltimore defense, not a great Baltimore defense, but are we just should we just take the pedigree on Wilson just because he's cl- like talent wise, he's much better than the two guys that we just mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like you said, on a sheer raw points perspective, Wilson, even though his matchup is not as good as the other two. Uh, should be ahead of them. Likewise with Murray, he's carrying the ball a lot more recently uh, than may, you may have forecasted going into the season uh, based on his sort of up and down track record in terms of carries in the past. Um, the only thing that I would say against Wilson here is is the price. I mean, he is expensive. And like I said, I think it's a little thinner at other positions across the league. So uh, I don't know that our optimizer will prioritize getting Wilson in there. And again, he's just another this is what I was saying about the price tiers. I would be totally fine, obviously, if Wilson wound up in the cash game lineups in the same way I would be fine if it was Murray or Allen. So uh, it's a wait-and-see thing for me. Uh, you talked about Baltimore's defense. I think people look at that name and they assume that this is a, a really tough matchup and it's going to be a hard time. Bo- Baltimore, bottom 10 in terms of w- or WOBA. That's baseball. Uh, bottom 10 in terms of DVOA. And... I think for that reason, I would be totally fine playing, you know, Wilson, and then we'll get to Carson later at running back. But I think playing guys from Seattle could be a winning strategy this week. And you were mentioning Wilson being expensive. Yeah, he is the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel. Totally agree. He's the fourth most expensive quarterback on DraftKings. This is that's kind of where I was referring to when I was talking about him being in the same price tier as these other guys. I think I think there it's I think that one like becomes like a nice decision. I think you, sometimes I like when the sites make the decision for you. It's like okay, I don't need to play him at FanDuel. Um, he's just too expensive. There, I'll take one of these other cheaper guys. But this is why it's great to play multiple sites. I'll just I'll get the savings on him over this other site, and I'll feel good about it. And then I kind of just have I, I sort of naturally hedge across a bunch of different good options at quarterback based simply on if the price if the site screwed up. I think just screwed up the pricing. He should not be the fourth most expensive quarterback. Before we get to running backs, I want to talk quickly about mybookie.ag. Great sponsors of the podcast in here and on the Overtime Network. If you sign up for mybookie. You use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, and they're going to match your first deposit up to $100, first-time depositors only. And I have a bet, and it's on this theme already. Um, I think the, I think you're getting an excellent, excellent value on Seattle, minus 3.5 against the Ravens this week. You mentioned the DVOA issues. Um, I think that there's is born a little bit out of, like, Lamar Jackson and the run that Baltimore went on last season. I think, it's, I think Seattle is maybe bordering on not criminally underrated but just going into Seattle having to fly across the country that you know I'm, a, I'm big on this I don't think these points are enough we ran this through our system that went 
oh, what was it? It went eight and five last week. It's 14 and 10 on the season uh, against the spread. This was easily the biggest standout bet of the week. Do you like my, you you know, just on its face, I know I'm kind of just throwing this one at you. Seattle minus three and a half here, especially because you did look into some of this Carson stuff as well. Yeah, I, I think Seattle minus three and a half is a, certainly a good value for it. I think, you know, it's it's always tricky when you're trying to, do you say how much juice you have to pay on that or no? It's minus 110, I think. I'll look. Minus uh, 110, okay. So it's basically even. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a very, very solid bet. You know, this week, I got a little bit burned last week, If you, you in the interest of full disclosure, on my bets. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little bit gun-shy because my area of expertise really is DFS. It's not necessarily the sports betting. Uh, I feel a lot more confident in that in NBA. But, yeah, it's uh, I, I was a little bit burned, buddy. So I'm, I'm trying to come back to it, get back in the saddle this week. But, yeah, right now I'm, I'm a little bit gun-shy. Well, don't be gun shy if you're signing up for mybookie.ag. <laughs> you should uh, be. You pro, should go pro, pro, as pro much as my, you can on mybookie.ag. No one submarines. No one submarines a live testimonial like my man over there. Mybookie.ag. What's the testimonial? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. We're in this to be honest, Doug. Not to, not to just show for some something regardless. Now nah, I'm just have to fully edit. I'm just have to fully edit this thing. Mybookie.ag <laughs> promo code overtime O V E R T I M E. I'll cut it off at some point when I just I won't even. I'll, I'll cut it off for the part where I ask you your uh-huh. opinion on the bet. Uh, oh, oh, promo code overtime. They'll match that deposit for you up to a hundred dollars. We love these guys. I, I have no problem just talking about these. I'm talking about mybookie uh, in a in a very sort of last days way because we just love the service, love the product, uh, and are putting those bets in ourselves on a week to week basis. Mybookie.ag promo code overtime. All right. Get roll me through the running backs. Um, you kind of concentrate a little bit more on this position. I find, I, at least for our systems purposes right now, there's a lot of clarity about who we are going to play. Um, the things can always subject to change, always subject subject to injury. Though I'm not sure we have a ton of that this week. Roll me through some of these running back plays. I'm loving kind of the names that I'm seeing on our list and our optimizer right now. Well, I'm glad you're feeling so optimistic right now, pal. Um, yeah, so you mentioned at quarterback how there was a price differentiation on FanDuel and DraftKings. You're seeing the same thing at running back as well. Uh, the top two names on my list, I think, are criminally cheap on DraftKings and actually affordable on FanDuel too. And that's uh, Leonard Fournette and Chris Carson. And so we'll start with Fournette because I find this one to be particularly interesting. Uh, so Fournette was chalk last week and didn't exactly perform. I mean, he was certainly there in terms of touches and yards, but once again, Jacksonville's just having trouble scoring touchdowns, and no one is going to suffer more from that than the running back, who, you know, his a lot of their price and performance is built into the fact that if they're rushing touchdowns, they'll be the one that gets them. Um, but right now, Fournette, last three weeks, he's averaged 24 carries and five and a half targets, so just bordering on 30 touches a game. And that's just absurd. I mean, the league is just filled with all these running back by committee situations or teams that are pass first and carrying the ball 15 times a game. Jacksonville doesn't suffer from any of those things. Um, and you're throwing up a great matchup here with Cincinnati. Six worst, six worst DVOA against the run this year. Second worst DVOA overall behind that absolutely historic Miami team that you mentioned earlier. I just think Fournette, uh, definitely on DraftKings, I think he could be 80% plus owned. But even on FanDuel, 7,900, 900 more than DraftKings. I think he's playable there too. Uh, am I crazy or are we cool playing him even as the price goes towards 8,000? No, I think there's too many other questions around this main slate because if you look at just overall usage running backs on the season, a lot of these guys just aren't even on this slate. You get McCaffrey, he's on a bye. You got Fournette, you just mentioned. You get Bell, he's on a Monday night. Uh, Chubb is on a bye. Carson, we're going to talk about. Zeke is on Sunday night. 
Uh, and then that's, and then we, and then there's big question marks around the group lower than that, like Dalvin Cook, who had a lot of his stuff cut into by Madison last week. Kamara is banged up, and Latavius Murray. So there's after that list that I just rolled off of, like I would call like the every down, no real questions about them group. A lot of those guys just aren't even on the slate, and so at that point, I just there's just even more safety around. I think Fournette could be priced up even a little bit more, and I wouldn't have any problem playing him in cash games. Um, I Carson either, really. I like I just this list is just so short about these guys that actually you kind of don't have to quote unquote worry about. Uh, Fournette is easily just one of those guys. Like he just he's on it. He just plays every snap, so there's just nothing to really worry about there. I have no, I have no problem. He could be. He could probably be on FanDuel like eighty five hundred, and I'd still play him. Maybe even a little more expensive on this this slate specifically. Yeah, I think that's a, f- a fairly reasonable take. Like that extra six hundred does wind up mattering, and I do think you have. Maybe I'm more bullish on some of these other options than you are. Uh, we mentioned Chris Carson already. You know, again, people I think are going to be spooked by the Baltimore defense. They've been below league average at defending the run this season. Uh, the eighth worst DVOA in terms of uh, defending against the run. And right now, with Rashad Penny back, banged up, uh, Chris Carson has actually been the one who's assumed most of the touches here. Um, he's averaging 24-plus carries and 3-plus targets over his last three games. So between Fournette and Carson, you have a guy averaging almost 30 and then another guy averaging 27 touches a game. Seattle are 3-point favorites here. I think it's just a great spot, or 3.5-point favorites. I think it's just a great spot for him. Uh, I, I just have so much difficulty believing. Like when I was going through and just looking at his baseline, I really felt like the right number was like 21 or 22 carries uh, in this Seattle offense at this period. So, yeah, I think Carson sort of a no-brainer here. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he'll be chalk as well. I think that uh, people mostly understand the opportunity for him at this point. Look, you can we've run we've run a couple times into the Chris Carson Seattle falls behind. And you just see, even with Penny out, you see like some J.D. McKissick and guys like this uh, kind of get, or, you know, ProSize in the past has been a guy like this too, um, where these guys just kind of come in and and get, they just get like some of these passing down stuff. I'm, I am definitely worried about, excuse me, I'm definitely less worried about that being the case uh, with them in this game, uh, I think for all the reasons you mentioned. The last one I'm seeing here, uh, give, the Saquon Barkley thing, he's supposed to play this week. You have him on the list. I don't disagree with it. Do you think that, we're, it, that we've are that we had enough time to kind of get over? You have David Johnson and Saquon here. Like, I guess maybe let's just let's talk about Saquon and we'll throw Johnson at the end. Right now, Saquon is in every single one of our FanDuel lineups. He is supposed to play um, against Arizona. Are you are you are you good enough with this? You know him coming back. If they just gave him a full bill of health, or what if they even said he's mostly healthy and we're going to kind of bring him back here? He, I, I kind of want to play him here. I think. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I know you wrote him up, but he was fourth in the list. So that's why I'm sure. just trying. Yeah, to, so I, I'm I trying to gauge it. I, I I nodded to him because I figured that he was going to be highly talked about this week. I mean, it's the ideal matchup against Arizona. He's obviously an explosive talent, and I think importantly, none of those other explosive talents are on this slate, right? Because I think if Christian McCaffrey were playing in this slate, you would just play him, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it because you wouldn't go double expensive at running back. You know, that often, it just doesn't really work out that way. Uh, When it comes to Barkley, though, like he's not going to probably give you Christian McCaffrey-level production when healthy, just because no one has ever done that really, (laughs) but... He's, you know, he was in that $9,000 price tag just in league average matchups coming into the season and getting him in one of the very best matchups against the fast-paced Arizona team, I think makes it pretty attractive. The caveat I wrote into the article was that I think you got to pay very close attention to coach speak going into this week. I think if there's any of that, like, 
hey, we'll, we'll take a look or we'll see how it's going or we'll alternate series, then you have to run screaming from this play because you right. cannot, cannot invest 8,600 in a running back coming off a high ankle sprain if there's any question about the health whatsoever. I have to think that the Giants are smart enough to not run Barkley out there if there is any doubt, right? Because this is a team now between uh, Danny Dimes, your buddy, and Saquon. They actually have sort of an exciting offense to build around. And what could get them more panned than rushing Barkley back early and having him get re-injured, right? Like that would be the absolute dumbest thing they could possibly do. So I have to think that if he's suiting up, the plan is for him to just play. Um, the Giants aren't playing for anything, so this is just to entertain the fans at this point. Uh, it is a home game here against Arizona. I think that does matter in terms of them wanting to do right by the fans. But um, but I can see it. I can see Barkley being a tremendous play here. And at this point on Wednesday when we're recording this podcast, I have to exercise just a little bit of caution because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be like, yeah, play this guy in all your lineups and then have it come out that he's going to play you know, the first two series and sit the rest of the game. So, yeah, I, I felt like I had to bring him up because I think he is a good play if it all breaks the right way, but there is a chance it blows up in your face as well. How dare you the Giants aren't playing anything? One game back in the NFC East right now, two and four. The Eagles and Cowboys, three and three, not playing for anything. They're rushing this guy back. They're going to win the East. They're, 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 yeah, true. I forgot that they were going to win the East. I, I mean, I, what I'm saying, I, I meant they weren't playing for anything because the East is already locked up and that they're, <laughs> they've already got it, you know. The Giants did drop Hilleman this week. That was their the guy they had spelled um, at times for Gallman after Gallman got hurt. That's a good sign for Barkley that they just don't feel like they need the third running back on the roster. So um, if there was like really any sort of injury signal that he was going to play, I think this is going to be full full green light for Barkley. And I think that we're going to be I think we'll end up at least on Fanduel going triple expensive at running back. It's going to be a lot tougher to do on DraftKings this week, mostly because the pricing is just too is just probably just too expensive down the board. Let's get in. Actually, no, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, and then we'll talk about some of these wide receivers and tight ends. If you're headed to a game this year and you need tickets, there's only one place to go, and that's Vivid Seats. It's super easy. You go to the App Store, download the Vivid Seats app. You use the promo code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And you save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only. Once again, Vivid Seats, use the promo code OVERTIME. It's that easy. Get tickets, go to the game. You won't regret it. All right. Receivers, uh, I think we're going to have to go a different direction here on receivers. We did mention basically all the most expensive running backs at cash games, uh, as cash game plays, and we like to keep this thing honest about you being able to walk out of this podcast and our cash game article, being able to at least make uh, a functional DFS lineup with our recommendations. I think that other sites don't hold themselves to that sort of uh, I guess I'm, I would just call it honesty. Uh, we do. And so at wide receiver, after this first guy, I tried to go a little bit cheaper. But Cooper Cup is coming off a rough week last week where he really did burn us in cash games and burn him. But he was, a pretty, he was a pretty popular play. So it wasn't like we were just kind of sitting on Cooper Cup Island. Even with that bad game that he had, he's still the overall target leader on the season for wide receivers. It's not as by a huge margin as it was going into last game, but he still has 69 targets to Michael Thomas's 67. He faces an Atlanta team that has just been a train wreck in terms of defending the pass. Do we go back to Cooper Cup here? Very expensive on FanDuel, 78. Uh, not as expensive on DraftKings at 74, though that does cut into more of your salary cap relative to his overall price. Um, are you too? Are you gun shy after the week the Cup had last week, or do we just like the? I mean, that was against a very good San Francisco defense, though. Uh, do we like the matchup better here enough to say we can roll him back in cash games this week? 
Yeah, I think you can roll him back in cash games this week. And I think if you see another week like you saw last week, then you probably have to be done with Cooper Cup for the season. Uh, you know, the the framework I often use when I'm looking at these plays, because wide receivers can be so variable, right? Like, you know, a guy can get, like we'll talk about Michael Gallup, right? A guy can get 14 targets one week and five the next, and that's just sort of the way of the road uh, if you're not one of the absolute top-tier wide receivers. Well, we were talking uh, about Keenan Allen like this two weeks I mean, ago. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? And so, so, like, yeah, the, like and this that, is the problem, that just right? disappeared. So the major thing with Cup is that now we know that he's capable of a game like this, you know? So it's always tricky with football because we get such a limited sample size and we have so much time to agonize over the plays uh, from week to week. And in some ways that's good, you know, helps the process and helps us find the very best plays. And I think that, you know, protracted timeline allows the whole industry to sort of figure things out and look at things in a way uh, that they might not be able to in say basketball or baseball. Uh, but with Cup, I think just the fact that it happened against one of these incredible passing defenses has me a little bit less worried. Now, if he comes out against Atlanta in a much better matchup and has like eight targets for 50 yards, then I'll know, okay, this this could be, you know, a philosophical change from the coaching staff, or it could just simply be the league adjusting and saying like, you know, if they were just going into those other weeks and being like, we're just going to see if Cooper Cup can beat us. And it's like, well, turns out he can beat you. <laughs> and so like, okay, well, now we have to respect it a little bit more. So, um, you know, I'm always hesitant to pay all-time high prices for anyone. Uh, I think the underlying change in opportunity for Cup is the reason we were willing to do so. And to be honest, just a prolonged track record with it, right? I mean, five straight games where his fewest targets was nine. Like, you know, even projecting six last game, I think you would have been sticking your neck out. So I'm willing to go back to the well here, especially... You know, you talked about this for Fournette, but in this week where there aren't tons of other great options, I think I'd be willing to do it. And yeah, I'm going to recognize that last week, I think he was around 28% owned in cash on FanDuel. I would suspect it'll be a little bit lower this week. And, you know, that would be a gamble I'd be willing to take. Yeah, you're getting uh, you're getting the leading, uh, like I said, the leading targeted guy uh, on the team with the highest implied total, the Rams. Uh, going against the second worst passing defense in the league, and that's in terms of DVOA, and that's the Falcons. Uh, I think just all the things kind of just line up for him to have a bounce back week here. He was such he was so clearly the focal point of this passing offense for every other week, except for this terrible matchup that he had last week. I have no problem running back there. I hope that other people see it a different way or see that there's been a shift. Uh, and I'm fine, sort of like I don't think it's like sticking my neck out, but he's the fourth and fifth most expensive receiver on both sites, and for a guy that's going to lead. This is where, you know, lead the league in targets. I'm fine. Just kind of, I, I see that already as sort of an implied discount. And I agree with you that if we see multiple weeks of it happen, then we need to readjust, readjust our priors on that one. Uh, after him, uh, Tyler Boyd is so cheap on, on FanDuel this week. He's 5,600. Tyler Boyd is fourth overall in targets this season. It's Cup, Thomas, excuse me, third. He's tied with Keenan Allen at 59. And actually, he and Keenan Allen have basically the same exact stats this year, 40 catches each. Uh, Allen, but the difference is Allen has a few more yards uh, and two more touchdowns. Now that's gonna that makes sense because Cincinnati's defense, or excuse me, Cincinnati's offense is so much worse. But the Tyler Boyd is sub six thousand on Fanduel for the f- third most targeted guy. Like I get that Danny Dalton and this team of offense is horrendous, but does this just feel like the easiest call ever? It feels like I don't, you know, it's not like a mistake, but it's just so cheap. Like I, I can't see a case against it really at this price. Yeah, I mean, so the thing with Boyd is that he has come and gone on you this season. Like, he has two of his last three weeks. You'd be miserable with the production you got, even on 5,600. But that's just not always the way it works in DFS, you know? Like, especially wide receivers, 
outside of the elite and the elite from the past, by the way, really no one this season has done this at all. So, you know, there's really no company uh, that you're keeping in terms of just steady week in, week out production in the NFL this year. Uh, but Tyler Boyd, you know, at 5,600, that's the type of price you pay for like, hey, uh, like I'm trying to think, hey, like Sterling Shepard is out. So we're going to play, you know, Benny Fowler the third at 5,600, you know, <laughs> because, hey, he could get seven targets this week. Like, I think Boyd already has the upside you would dream on for this true punt level wide receiver. And so, yeah, anyone can show up and get you seven fantasy points out of this price tier. But I think the safety he brings to the table is just undeniable. I mean, like, again, if you compare him to the other guys in the similar price range, it's comical. So, yeah, I think uh, Boyd an excellent play and would be very enthusiastic about playing him here. I mean, you, you compare him to the people in his price tier, like, you know, Geronimo Allison or Christian Kirk or Marvin Jones, Cole Beasley, you know, like he's just so obviously um, better in terms of the reliability you get from it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm all over it for sure. Um, I I think people will make a case for his teammate out in Tate. Tate did have 12 targets last week. He only converted five of them. There's a hilarious video out there that just shows you every single one of his opportunities because he made like four circus catches and the other seven balls were just completely uncatchable because we're, we're Dalton was throwing them. So he just like, he kind of like had him, he made the best of just the fact that Dalton couldn't get him the ball. Um, so I guess if you think like he's all of a sudden taking over in terms of like the highest target share, Tate is really not that much more expensive. I think either one would be fine. The, the news today obviously was that Jalen Ramsey was traded to the Rams, uh, that he hadn't been playing in that secondary. They still have, they still have uh, AJ Boy and uh, DJ Hayden. So it's not exactly a great matchup from a cornerback perspective for either one of these guys, but that's sort of built in to the price so I'm not I'm, I'm a little less worried because these guys are both just like relatively pretty cheap for the fact that they seem to garner almost all the target share out, out of Dalton and the passing offense you see I, w- I would be uh, more cautious on Tate personally because I think it's the opposite of what we were talking about with Cup and Boyd and that last week was the one week that Tate jumped ahead and had those 12 targets there's nothing I want to throw a wet blanket over more than the wide receiver who had one week of a lot of targets like He's one week. Sometimes it means you're going to take over the target duties. So often it just means that just happens to be what the team was seeing that week. And it was an isolated incident and things go right back to normal afterwards. So uh, you can play Tate here. I think, again, I think you're nuts to just assume that after one week, now Tate should be more expensive than Boyd. When these two guys have been on the team all year, it's not like Tate just got traded here, right? Like he's been there. He's been getting targets. They knew what they had in him. And last week was the week that his his targets jumped up. So yeah, I'm not going to be going overboard playing Tate over Boyd. I, th- I think that's actually pretty crazy, but I wouldn't shock yeah, me. I only, to ro- I only wrote I only wrote Boyd up. I'm just kind of throwing him out there because I think that people will sort of look at that as a situation that they want to try to target. Uh, after I'm just going to roll through some of these other things because we're going to get out of here in a second. But and I want to get the tight ends. There is some injury stuff that we need to keep an eye on. That you mentioned Christian Kirk. I actually wouldn't mind him as a play if he came back with a full bill of health this week against the Giants. Um, he, uh, he was the, he's the most targeted guy when he plays, uh, conversely, if he doesn't play, I think going back to Larry Fitzgerald here against the giants would be a fine play as well too. need to just sort of sort, sort out the injury stuff over the course of the week. Uh, and then after that, I'm, I was just kind of looking for some cheap guys. Don't mind DD Westbrook, uh, who actually leads the team in targets for Jacksonville. The yards are a real problem because of the routes that he runs. DJ Chark is the much more targeted downfield guy. Didi has been targeted some in the red zone this year, three or four red zone targets already this season. I think for his target share, we are going to see the yards increase uh, if he continues to get the ball, um, and he's much cheaper than Chark here. So I was just trying to pick out a couple of cheaper plays. Let's quickly roll through some of these tight ends. feel like we have, at this point, three or four sort of 
bordering on elite tight ends that we can pick from who don't seem overwhelmingly expensive. Am I wrong here? Because I think I'm seeing some of the same names that we've seen in weeks past, uh, but I feel like there's some other guys out there that, I, that are intriguing as well. There's definitely a group of tight ends at the top, uh, and then there seems like there's a pretty big drop-off. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be playing Austin Hooper in my cash games this week. I, I don't really see a huge way around it. The price hasn't moved at all. Uh, it's going up against this Rams defense that I think you know we've seen is basically just overrated at this point based on last year's production. Uh, Hooper, eight targets, eight catches for 117 in a touch last week as a 38% cash game play. So it's just hard for me to imagine. Like, you know, I think we actually talked about this on the podcast going into last week where we said, you know, would we want to be in a position where uh, we were off the Hooper chalk and, you know, just basically playing, rolling the dice on tight end? Because that's often what you wind up doing, right? Where it's like, if we think these two guys are equal, you just play the chalk because what you don't want to happen is for your tight end to score four points and the chalk guy to randomly catch a touchdown and score 20 points. And that's literally exactly what happened. Everyone who played didn't play Hooper essentially got totally burned here. And I think we're walking into a similar situation here. So I think there's some other guys that are, are reasonable plays at tight end for cash games. You know, I think I wrote up uh, Andrews and uh, nodded to Darren Waller. I think Andrews, a very interesting upside play as he gets healthier. Um, you know, we've seen that we, we really haven't even seen what he's capable of this season at absolute top health. He's had the foot thing and then the shoulder thing as well. But last week goes out and has a pretty solid performance against Cincinnati. So I think for upside, either of those guys is reasonable. But for Cashman, I'm rolling it back with Hooper this week. Yeah, I think you'll see some conversation around Hooper and Evan Ingram uh, at very similar crazy. prices. Crazy, crazy well, to play Evan Ingram this week. Um. It's, I think it's crazy on DraftKings for sure, where it's just 1200 more. I think that one is very, very easy. Where they're the same price, the fact that Sterling Shepard is not playing for the Giants because uh, of the concussion protocol, um, I think that'd be the only thing. And they just get another, again, they get a great matchup here against Arizona. I, I'm with you that I would stick with Hooper because we've just seen multiple weeks of this kind of safety. I just think that we'll, I guess I'm just nodding to it because I think there will be some discussion around. Um, that those two guys specifically as plays because they're priced so closely together. We are, our projections are you know fairly close, I guess. Well, they're on... they're close because we're assuming that Ingram will get his full target share, and I don't think that that's like a lock for multiple reasons. Uh, the first is that he just missed a game. You know, he sprained his MCL, which is not the easiest thing to come back from and just march right back in and assume your full load, right? So. That's the first piece. The second piece is the potential return of Saquon Barkley. So, you know, you're giving Danny Dimes a brand new toy to play with. I think there's just enough red flags here. I get that it's a great matchup with Arizona, but I really don't see a case where, like, again, you're, you're picking between them. It's a challenge play. One guy's at 6,700. The other guy's at 6,800. One guy has, coming off a week of being a chalk play and being excellent on that play, has a plenty good matchup this week. The other guy is coming off a week where he just missed and is pretty optimistic, that's his quote, that he's going to play this Sunday. I think it's just insane. Like, why why take on that extra risk for maybe potential upside? I mean, Hooper just had a week as good as any of Evan Ingram's weeks, right? So I, th- I can certainly see it for big tournaments if you think Hooper's going to be highly owned there. Ingram, obviously, if, if he comes back and surprises me and just is you know totally healthy and can get in there and get 12 targets like we've seen that he's capable of i'm sure he can pop off but i don't know man for cash i i highly recommend not doing that yeah i think i i would i'm 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 not disagreeing on that point i don't i'm just not that i don't even think i'm disagreeing i'm just not disagreeing i just i sense that um other people are going to see that as a less 
as, as a more solid situation, then I think we're going to end up agreeing that it's just probably not worth the risk, just because you just have this other guy who seems all for every bit just as good. All right, dailyfantasysportsrankings.com is the site, dfsr.com slash deals. We'll get you started on our projection system. If you sign up now, you get seven days, uh, a seven-day free trial there. Uh, that's going to cover you through Sunday, but it's also going to actually, if you sign up now, it's going to cover you through opening night and the first two nights of basketball as well, which is uh, another one of our premium products covered all under the same subscription package. You're not going to find a better deal than that. So you go sign up now, dfsr.com slash deals, all the way through the weekend with football, into NBA, into the beginning of NBA season. Go find a better deal than that. You simply won't. We're, our prices should be much higher, frankly. I, it's, 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 it, you're lucky that they're this low, mostly just because we just have never really raised rates. But that's our bad, so take advantage. <laughs> dfsr.com slash deals. We'll be back again tomorrow doing a full game-by-game podcast for everything that we sort of missed during the cash games here. Break down every game in the main slate, the betting lines, uh, the over-unders, and as well as like the GBP plays that we can kind of call out and anything, any other injury news that uh, is relevant leading into Sunday. Buddy, talk to you tomorrow when we break down every game. See ya.